Hi, welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Brian. That's Jonathan. Hello, how are you? Hi, doing well. How are you, Brian? I'm uh, I'm actually really good today. Really good today. How? Yeah. Uh, I think Ben, I already asked you how you're doing. Maybe you want to tell your tell tell listeners who you are. That'd be good. Sure. I usually have people yeah. introduce themselves. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, we can start there and then we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Jonathan Cottrell. You might have heard my voice if you listen to podcasts or maybe not at all. I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's possible though, because I have a podcast called Developer T uh, and it's been around since 2015, uh, January 2015. So we're coming up on January 5th. It'll be seven years uh, that we've been doing the, the podcast. It's a long time. Um, so that's but most anybody who's listening to this, that would be uh, what you might know about me. But uh, I also am a software engineering manager, a former software engineer, and still like to code from time to time. But uh, most of the time I'm working on teams and team structure and, and helping teams be effective. Um, and I do a lot of other stuff, but less of it is relevant to <laughs> to the professional world uh than than uh than we can talk about really so uh, tons of hobbies you'd be surprised on my episodes of pod rocket uh they are mostly free form so who knows what we'll, <laughs> Fair what enough. we'll end okay. up talking about yeah um so yeah this is um one of my like favorite kinds of um, of episodes where I get to talk to people who have been doing podcasts for longer than us. We were talking a little bit about um, this before we kind of hopped on air. It was like um, Pod Rocket is only you know maybe eighty episodes deep, uh, only which 80. is like a oh I know, <laughs> but it's like a year, right? Yeah. And you're seven years in and coming up on what a thousand episodes. Yeah, it's it's actually over a thousand now. We're at I think a uh, thousand twenty five this week. Oh my. Yeah, it's quite a few. Uh, yeah. Um, how is, uh, it's a big question, but how has it changed? Like from when you started to where you are now, like are, were there phases where they're like, these are the things that have happened in my head. I can think of, oh, this is kind of, these are the watershed moments. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of walk through what I feel like is, you know, the chapters, if there was a, if there's a biography of, of the podcast, which is uh, pretty self-important, I suppose, but, uh, I, <laughs> I asked, guess, so I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, in the very beginning, I think my intention was, I want to keep this very short, five to 10 minutes, maybe 15, uh, if I really get into the discussion or the, or the conversation, uh, and talk about one topic per episode. So for example, one of the early episodes was literally just titled focus. Another episode was titled, I think learning. So there's, it's this very atomic, but very kind of rich topics. And the inspiration came from, you know, often I, I didn't have a long commute. I had like a three minute commute to work and I didn't have a lot of time in my day to, listen to three hour long podcasts either. Right. So, which at the time seemed to be the only thing that was really available. That wasn't actually true, but it felt like it was true. It felt like every time I listened to a podcast, it was a big investment. I thought, you know what? I I really would like to have these kind of short atomic, meaningful podcast episodes on a daily basis that cover something that if I miss it, no big deal. 
if I didn't like it, I didn't feel like I just threw a bunch of time into it. It's not that big of a deal either way. So since it didn't exist, I actually had an idea for a podcast a long time ago that never came to fruition. I, I had it kind of rolling around in my head to start a podcast because I have a background in recording music and stuff. So I already had all the equipment. All I had to do was just publish it. So I recorded a couple of these episodes and released them essentially with very little intent of the podcast going. <laughs> I, I never could have guessed it would go this long. Uh, this was not like a, a master plan by any means. And I think, you know, I followed some of the kind of uh, industry standard recommendations on how to, you know, I don't know, how to have your podcast grow effectively, uh, how to release it, you know, what is a release plan for the those first, I think back then it was like the first eight weeks or something like that. If you climb to new and noteworthy, then that's really decides whether or not your podcast is going to live or die. And I think we got, I don't know what week we got into new and noteworthy, but we got there. And um, I think an, another kind of really important thing in the early days was, um, oh, what is the name of the app? <laughs> uh, pod, uh, oh man, po Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast, that's it. Um, Pocket Cast pick it up, picked it up and and featured it. And uh, the cool thing about that feature is that it lasted a long time. So the way that Pocket Cast feature works is it shows the album art or whatever the artwork, the cover artwork, it shows it. And then it moves down in this grid of cover artwork and it stays there for like three weeks. So everybody who has Pocket Casts, if they open up the featured tab, they're seeing developer T. So there was a lot of this opportunity uh, that kind of just everything kind of aligned just right. A ton of luck involved in all of that, that made the podcast pr pretty popular. Um, I think we reached 10,000 listeners really, really fast, um, which is kind of like the, the threshold of, oh, okay, you should probably take this seriously. Um, so... Let's see. So from there, I, that was kind of the, on the, you know, should I take this seriously as a, uh, a professional endeavor, right? That was the binary switch that flipped mm. at that point. But I think the more interesting story is how it's changed for me, how I've thought about the podcast. Yeah. Um, in that, in those early days, it was very much a, a you know, an experiment. Like I had to talk to my wife about spending, $10 a month on, on hosting, you know, to, to sure. really discuss like, is this worth, <laughs> worth the <laughs> shot? Should we put that $10 in a, in her savings account instead? And of course, now looking back, it's, it's wild to think that I would not have just gone full, you know, full on knowing the opportunity that was there. As it progressed, I started like kind of struggling with, do I, look for sponsors? Do I, you know, how do I handle making this worth, you know, really putting time into? I love doing it uh, just for the kind of reward it gave me uh, intellectually, the rewards, kind of social reward that it gave me and the theoretical professional rewards. Um, but I didn't know, you know, if I could monetize or not. And I ended up finding sponsors, I guess it was about half a year in, 
around the same time, uh, another podcast, a, a couple of guys from another podcast called Design Details came to me and they said, hey, we started a podcast on January 5th, which just so happened to be the exact same day that I started my podcast. And they didn't know that, uh, but we, you know, they talked about how theirs was growing and what did they think about mine, uh, kind of joining with theirs in a network. Um, and that was the first conversations of what eventually became spec, uh, spec.fm spec lived until December of last year. Uh, and at our, I think at our peak, we had, I think 12 podcasts or so. Um, somebody's going to, uh, be very upset if I get that wrong, but anyway, it was uh, a a lot of, yeah, yeah. There's okay. So 20 podcasts, uh, you know, um, 10 to 20, you know, um, but it was, it was a network that was solely designed to provide, uh, um, other podcast creators, with the ability to say, okay, I don't want to worry about the editing. I don't want to worry about finding sponsors. I just want to worry about making the content. And so we ran basically right at cost. And part of the kind of consequences of running at cost for that, you know, we we couldn't really grow the network pretty substantially. And uh, the kind of operational side of things, eventually it became, uh, you know, too much to handle for the people that we had. And so we had to make the decision to let everybody go back to being independent, which ultimately was probably a very good decision for all of the podcasts that were involved. Uh, so uh, we all went independent at the end of last year. Along the way with Spec, I think some of the biggest lessons that I learned about the podcast process, or, or I guess about my relationship with the podcast you know, at some point I decided to start having guests on, uh, which was a huge shift because initially I did not plan on doing interviews. Um, and then also I realized that I really needed to hone in what I considered my kind of personal intent, my mission, whatever you want to call that. What are the values that I'm trying to portray through this show? And I came up with my own kind of I guess tag, I wouldn't call it a tagline or intro value mission that I put at the beginning of every episode. Uh, and so that's, that was a turning point for me because it started guiding how I did content. I stayed away from highly technical content. I started moving more towards, I won't call it soft content, but, uh, kind of, um, you know, Content like psychological content, that kind of thing, uh, is is what I ended up focusing on. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the things I wanted to uh, ask you, right? So there is a, for me, there was looking at kind of the history of developer T, like there was kind of a sea change between um, very technical content and then uh, what you called soft content, or uh, we'll just call now other stuff. Like that seems like a pretty big risk, or it's you know how how did you anticipate reception and how was reception? I mean, I know you have like recently, the reason that I, I even think to ask this is I noticed like a couple weeks ago, um, you put a tweet up that was like, you know, here's someone who didn't like that feedback or I'm sorry, didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You had moved away from technical content. Um, so yeah, yeah. Maybe talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, I've never considered the. Sh- I've always considered the show uh, evergreen. I've never considered it to be, uh, you know, um, topically technical in the sense that we don't really cover releases of JavaScript frameworks or something like that. Right? That yeah. that wouldn't be something we'd talk about on the show. We might talk about a in the merits of a language so that we can discuss the philosophy that make it good or we might just we might say okay for example i I did a a series on um on career path and and the kind of basic steps towards a career path uh developer career roadmap series which turned out to be a fairly popular kind of step-by-step uh way of progressing in your career from nothing to job and fulfillment etc and we talk about, for example, you know, what what language do you choose? Okay, pick one of these because right now the market will you, you will likely be able to succeed with this, right? But very rarely do we get into discussion about specifics on what is in what is happening in the market or what's happening. I say the market, but what's what is the hot tech right now? Instead, you know, we've we tried to focus on philosophies, models, etc for most of the podcast life. But uh, what did happen is we continue kind of, I say we, I, I really, I continued getting more and more interested in more and more abstract concepts, right? So further and further away from that core of practical uh, uh, advice that we started out with. And I think in some ways that that reviewer that you're talking about was a was a good moment for me to say, hey, wait a second. While this stuff is interesting, the podcast can't just be my musings or like, you know, reflections. It needs to be practically useful, right? I, I need to have some kind of anchoring in what are these people listening for? Like, what what is it that they're actually trying to do with the information that I'm bringing to them. And so there is some balance there and it's an awkward balance to be honest, because we aren't tech, you know, I'm strictly uh, uh, drawn a line where I'm not technical at that deepest sense, but I'm also having to draw an upper line, right? There's, there's some kind of margin there uh, where the upper line is, if you go more abstract than this, then it becomes less of a podcast that's directed at, software engineers and more of a, a journal, <laughs> right? Almost. Right. And many yeah. times I've kind of treated this podcast like that for me. It's a little bit of a selfish notion, but something that helps me kind of process through my thoughts and ideas about, you know, what it means to be a good manager, for example. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know that that's especially selfish, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's, Whose podcast is it, right? It's yours. <laughs> so, I mean, I, but I mean, who are you? The way that we get around that, and and it's again one of the reasons I ask is, um, at this point, you know, a year in or almost a year in, um, I think uh, six people have hosted Pod Rocket. So mm-hmm. with each with each new host, you get kind of their own 
their own take on things. So, you know, my yeah. episodes, I don't really know how we would describe mine. Um, but like Ben's episodes are, they have a different, a very distinct feel. And when the engineers host episodes, obviously those are the, like the more technical ones where it's back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, if you're one person, you know, obviously it, it would be much more difficult to make everybody happy. Right. And I think that's sometimes, yeah. um, that's something when I read it, like reviews of other podcasts, that's what I see is like, Oh, that's tricky. Like how, how would we do that? If we were just, if we just balance that line. Yeah. 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 And then also like what, yeah. What are the, it's the hardest part. Like what does the audience want? And the audience isn't a monolith. So I don't (laughs) Right. Well, that is, that's part of the kind of interesting kind of side effect of what we've done, you know, how, how I've chosen to do the, the topics is that the audience that it has cultivated, especially the ones that have been around for a long time, you know, as, as a simple, quick kind of heuristic example of this, um, we have a, a Discord, not that, you know, not especially unique that we have a Discord, but we have one. And the people who are in there, you know, normally if you look at like a, a Slack community or a Discord community, you, sa- you see messages that are one line long, two lines long, and it's one after the other. When I go to the developer D Discord to get caught up on what the most recent conversations are, the messages are like three paragraphs long, right? And then we've got these people who are very invested in deeper thought. Uh, and, and I don't know if that is uh, a selection bias, possibly, right? Because if they're listening to this podcast, then of course they're going, they'd have to be, you know, interested at that level or if there's something about the way the community is structured, but there's something about that that I think is valuable, right? That there's this group of people is a thoughtful group of people. Um, And for me, at least as a host, that means I can talk about, you know, I can, I can edge on that line of abstract and then apply it back without a lot of uh, negative pushback. In fact, it's going to be valuable to somebody in that group. Do you ever think that, you know, if you, um, if you trend in the direction kind of that, that the at towards the abstract that like, at what point does it, does the, we'll call it the product, but does the podcast n- no longer become for developers explicitly? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is that something you think about? Yeah, I've thought about it a good bit, but I think that's something where I've had to hold myself to account. Mm. Um, maybe just as a choice. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, there's no implication there of ethical breach or anything like that, right? It's more of a choice for how does this podcast stay valuable to me and to other people? And this is kind of like a, it's like choosing, choose a trade and I'm going to apply these ideas to that trade. I'm just so happened to have found myself in software engineering where a lot of these things actually are, are useful, right? These concepts tend to be useful because software engineering as a trade, uh, lends itself to decision-making, uh, as, as kind of like a, a discipline, right? Decision-making, studying decision-making is probably going to pay you back. And that is so much about what we talk about on the show. And if, if we were talking about this, uh, you know, with another trade, 
it would probably apply. But because I'm not a part of that trade, I don't have a way of of describing the application, right? So in the way that I have done this, so I know that it applies in this particular, you know, here's an example, right? Here's how this applies in X situation. That allows me to bring these otherwise abstract concepts into a more concrete, you know, picture uh, for for listeners. And I think that's a to your point, you know, it could be applied. And in fact, we do have a lot of listeners who are not engineers, right? It's, there's a lot. They're engineer adjacent, right? We have, you know, uh, uh, designers or product managers, or you know, but we also have people who've listened to the show literally to learn English. So podcasting is not, you know, there there are no boundaries really. Uh, but there's also people who have listened just because they're kind of tangentially interested in software engineering as an external topic to them. Right, so it's there. There's a lot of people that come to the show, uh, and, and it's not really exclusive, um, like like you might think a book would be, for example. Right, the mm. a book might feel like it's not really accessible, but the podcast tends to be pretty accessible. I would agree. I mean, I, I that makes sense to me though. Like the the your context for abstract thinking, your practical context is software engineering. So, you know, if you were a Mason, it would be different. Uh, a stone Mason, not a Freemason. Although I guess you could do have a Freemason. Do they have Freemason podcasts? <laughs> oh, I'm I don't sure. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a look at that later. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean that to me, um, that does make sense. I guess the, cause again, I think about it too. Like what happens? I mean, pod rocket we have guests on we've always had guests on um what happens when we interview everybody you know do we have other folks come back and the answer to that question is yeah we've had like repeat you know repeat visitors and new stuff happens um but like after could we do seven years of it i don't know like it it, that's what i wonder about sometimes Um, yeah you could do panels where you have two guests that had opposing viewpoints uh join for the same episode um and I think I, there's also, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no. I I have been thinking, like when you said um, engineering adjacent, which I like, I just uh, generally speaking, I'm probably going to steal that from you. Um, <laughs> but I also think that like there's one thing is um, engineering adjacent uh, programming, right? Like get a product manager from somewhere, get an engineer from somewhere, um, have them fight it out. No, <laughs> have them sort of talk about what it's like to work together and, and that's something I think that um, if for no other reason, people might find that like comforting, like, Oh, like they have the same problems that, that I have at work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's curious that, you know, we have had a few repeat guests and Mm -hmm. the conversations are drastically different, especially if there's enough time uh, between visits, I guess. Um, And I would say, you know, in some ways, there is no way that they could be the same. Uh, the conversations are going to be changed by nature. The fact that the person is not the same person anymore. Right. And there's always change happening in the industry. There's always change happening to those people. Uh, and asking about the change is almost as much of a insightful thing as, uh, asking about what that person is interested in. Like if, if, if you were to ask me in two years, what have I learned about developer T and, you know, in those two years, there's probably 
something more interesting that I'm going to say then than I'm saying now, right? Um, so there's there's insights. I think even going back and revisiting some of the topics that I've revisited or that I've talked about, you know, for the first time in the past, there's probably stuff that I've said that I don't even agree with. I'm certain that there are plenty of episodes that I, that I would go back and be like, man, I really got that one way off, or at least it, right now, I think it wouldn't wouldn't apply to our, my current scenario. Uh, so I do think that there's, there is a lot of opportunity for revisiting and I guess the, the cycle continues, right? You kind of come back around to the yeah. same subjects over and over. I can't listen to myself. Uh, and again, there's, you have a much bigger back catalog. So I would, I suspect I'll probably feel similarly. Like, I can't believe I said that perhaps this episode where I'm like, is he really talking about Mason podcast? Brian, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's things like that. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite episode? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, the, there's one episode that stands out to me because it was the first episode that I felt like I produced rather than just talking. It felt like I predict cause I actually wrote almost like a script. Um, and the episode was, I think it was called turbulence. And the idea, uh, so I, as, Hey, one of my hobbies, here we go. Hobby bingo. Um, I have my private pilot's license and I fly small, uh, Cessna aircraft and in small aircraft, you feel turbulence a little bit more readily than you might in a bigger aircraft, just because that's the way physics works. <laughs> and so if you're you know, flying along, when I was a, and my father was a pilot as well. And when I was a kid, we were flying along, uh, out West and there's a lot of turbulence when you fly over mountains. And, uh, I didn't understand why, you know, of course I felt a little sick from it, probably a little bit of fear when I was a kid. And my dad explained that there's this idea that turbulence actually comes from, at least out West. A lot of the time it comes from the shape of the land because However, the land is shaped as air flows over that land, the air is going to be disrupted uh, based on the shape of the land. And that was comforting, first of all, uh, because I recognized that it wasn't some mysterious force that was going to rip the airplane apart. But it was also en enlightening to me and a model that I could use for a lot of other things, right? Um, I could use it for, you know, there's this thing that's happening in my life. I'm not really sure what's happening. Maybe there's something underlying that's going on that you could investigate and learn more about, right? So there's something in my, in my career is not going right. Well, maybe it's something in your personal life that's driving something in your career, for example. So that episode I've, I felt really connected to, and it was the first one that I felt like I got done with it and I published it and it almost felt more performative than previous episodes, not in the negative performative way, but in yeah, yeah. the sense that I actually created something worth performing. Yeah. That's, I think people, um, who, who don't, I don't know, I can't think of a podcasters, people who don't have a podcast and, and publish regularly. Um, you know, they don't appreciate the amount of work or don't even know it exists the amount of work that goes in on the producing side like i always say you know kate kate does all the work and 
the people who host these episodes, we just get in front of the mic and this is kind of easy. Um, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're just sort of having a conversation and if that's something you can do, then you can, anyone essentially can podcast, but the actual skill is on the other side, you know, coordinating as you felt probably, you know, <laughs> uh, very well know through spec, through your own work. Like it is, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. So I can make sense. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I will say that after doing so many episodes, at least on something as repetitive as developer T is in terms of production, you know, we don't, the, the template for production for me is, is pretty straightforward. The hard part for me is coming up with novel ideas. <laughs> well, that was, um, yeah, that was my next question, but sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead, please. So like, so the, the turbulence episode came from, from kind of personal experience, you know, either through hobbies. So that was these, these novel ideas are, I assume you're drawing, is it active or passive? Are you drawing from life experience, from books, from whatever, from the internet, from all of the above? Um, and, and then how do you, how do you kind of think about, all right, this could be a good episode. Cause sometimes I think that like, this could be a good episode. And then I get, 10 minutes into it and I go, that was, a, that was not a good idea, Brian, you should not do that. Yeah, that's, uh, so another early lesson that I learned for developer T because I was even back then I was actually doing three episodes a week, uh, hmm. which is just wild. Um, it, it was to be careful. Don't lower your standard too much, but be careful in, I guess maybe the better way to put it is try recording it first before you, before you say it's not good enough, right? Try to put it down and see what happens. See if you can make an episode out of that idea, that seed of an idea. Worst case scenario, you delete the file and move on. Right. But so many episodes that I thought were like, Oh, that one was like, eh, that's okay. But so many times I would get feedback on those episodes. They're like, this has been so helpful for me. And I never would have expected it, right? And some of that is because the ideas that I have, I'm seeing through my own lens. It's, you know, There's so many biases that go into this where we think, for example, that everybody else has the same knowledge we have, right? And, and it's this, this concept that I can't reasonably talk about this idea that's so obvious, <laughs> right? Like, why would I ever be able to do that? That's too obvious. Everybody's going to think I'm just wasting their time. And the truth is when people think you're wasting their time, they don't take the time to tell you about it. So a lot of the time they're just going to turn the episode off. If it's valuable to somebody, they're going to listen to it. And for a podcast that has three episodes a week, it was okay for people to turn it off sometimes, right? I actually encouraged people in the, in the early days of the podcast, like, listen, not every episode is going to make, you know, make your, your uh, career better, right? Not everything is going to click. Not everything's going to be interesting and that's fine. This podcast is intentionally designed to not give you the anxiety of not being caught up, right? You, you don't have to check every box of episodes of this podcast to feel like you've gotten value out of it. It's, I would rather you not. I'd rather you listen to the things that are interesting to you. And Okay, so going back to your original idea or your original question of of how does this, you know, how do these ideas come about and how do I determine if it's going to be a good episode or not? I'm not really sure w when it clicks, 
usually it's the seed, like a, uh, the seed of a, like a, a sentence that I'll say in my mind and I say, okay, that has enough depth to it to talk about it for 10 minutes. Right. I, I can, I can feel that switch flip and I'm not really, maybe it's because I've done it so many times or maybe it's because, or maybe it's an illusion. I don't know. But, um, I, you know, usually this is, here's, here's uh, how the sausage is made. I suppose usually this happens when I'm standing in the shower, I'm trying to come up with an idea and something will click and I'm like, all right. And I turn the shower off and I go record. <laughs> right. So it's like right then is, is when it has to happen. Um, uh, sometimes I will have an experience. I'll be doing something at work. There'd be a problem that we solved as a team, or there will be a conversation that I had with somebody else uh, at, at the company that I'm at, or you know, a friend of mine, or some colleague outside of my company. Something like that will happen. I'm like, oh, this is a principle that hasn't really been talked about, or maybe it has, but there's more to say, and I want to talk about it. So I try to keep aware of those ideas. Um, mm. As in, this happens believe it or not, like half the episodes or so are those moments of inspiration from actual work and experience at work, uh, that just, they just click, it clicks yeah. into an idea. Yeah. I never thought about like, uh, um, the idea of kind of podcast anxiety, uh, or if like you are following kind of a story driven or like episodic one like if you miss that you know oh geez i'm three or four weeks behind now this is like this big commitment um yeah i mean that that that's true i can also relate to um <laughs> to thinking about something and needing to get it down right away um, because if you think like oh this is a good idea and then come back to it you'll forget that easily um so yeah and then I there's think- also hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't have an interesting thing to say. <laughs> I, I, th- I think the, the driving factor for me from the beginning and more so about midway to now was establishing those kind of, for me, ethical, but for the podcast, value-driven approach. Um where I don't want people to feel a need to listen to this podcast. Like I don't, that's not my, my goal. I don't want to do that. There's enough of that. And so much so that even maybe to <laughs> the frustration of, uh, of, a uh, advertiser or, or two, which they never expressed to me, but I'm sure it wouldn't be great to say this on air, uh, on one of their podcasts. I tell people that if this is not the most important thing for you to be doing right now, please turn it off, right? Like I've I've said that on the show and not to perform that ethic out, but because I have a very strong conviction that if people are wasting time, that's going in direct opposition to the point of the podcast, right? I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's so many things that I feel like if people want to follow through on their, on those values, that it will carry longer than whatever the, you know, if you're starting a podcast right now and you're like, okay, how do I get listeners? How do I get people hooked? I I would say, try to figure out what your 
long-term value is that you're giving to these people uh, that are listening. Because if you're just trying to get them hooked, like eventually that's going to fall apart. You're not going to know what to come back to when all of your tricks have have been you know used up, right? Like there's you're done now, and now what? All right. And I think that's that's been really important for me to feel like I'm doing something good with the podcast, right? I'm, I'm hope I'm helping people establish those values for themselves. So how do you how do you measure or how do you think about success against the backdrop of you know kind of your um, ethos versus keeping the lights on, you know? Yeah. Uh, the first, there's kind of a rule. This is like a, an accounting rule in our household. We never depend on the income from this, from the podcast. Um, so it's, it's always what I would consider bonus. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to keep doing it, I can no matter what that's at least for now, that's the, that's the accounting rule that we have in the house. Um, and I, we, you know, we set our budgets without completely ignoring sponsor money. And then if it comes in great, we can do, we'd be, we're smart with it, but it's only once it comes in that we do anything meaningful with it. Um, so that's, that sets us up for the next part, which is, uh, the, the success of the show is almost never dependent on, is this bringing in money or not? That is a kind of a latent signal. Uh, it's something that I would say is like, okay, if, if sponsors are interested, that means that people are interested, right? That means that listeners are coming to the show. We're able to get sponsors because we're able to get listeners. All right. So that's downstream. The more primary way that I want to measure the success of the show, and this is a, a very hard thing to measure are people changing their minds about the things we're talking about? All right. So I don't care about, uh, you know, re-ingraining existing beliefs for people, right? I don't want to build an echo chamber where it's me and my club <laughs> and, you know, we're just like volleying the same ideas back and forth and feeling good about ourselves. Are people actually, because change is, is a signal of growth of some kind. And whether they change to what I believe or not is not really the the point. Change in some way. I made you think enough that you had a new thought, a novel thought about something that we talked about on the show. That is the signal for me that we're doing something right. Um, I like that. So if I had to condense that, especially if you were, um, if you're listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast, uh, the one piece of, of good advice on the accounting side is uh, don't don't rely on the revenue from podcast to right away to to support, and the other is uh, is creative integrity, right? Because the the second part wasn't you know you didn't just say listens. That's how I measure success is the number of people who listen to my show. Um, so yeah, it's and that's kind of remarkable again because uh, given given the backlog, back catalog, but given seven years. And then kind of what is the future like, you know, what is the next year? You know, is that something that you've mm. given thought to like, Oh, I'm going to take it this way or, or. Yeah. It's, it's it? a, it's a good question. I, I think the podcast is not going to stop. 
the consistency of the show is, if for nothing else, very good for me. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I think having that in place, that's probably not going to change anytime soon. The things that I've, uh, that I've thought about kind of exploring, uh, last year we did some Friday kind of bonus episodes where I would give more kind of opinionated advice. Where in the past, I'm kind of like, all right, here's the principles, you decide, right? Uh, and on the Friday episodes, it was more like, all right, here's what I'm t- going to tell you to do. Do this exercise, this specific thing, and see what happens, right? It's it's much more, it, from the outside looking in, it probably felt very similar. But for me, it's a total change in in the way that I think about the episode and what goes into it. So we'll probably do some more of that. But the bigger thing that I wanted to do last year, and I just didn't make the time, quite frankly, is get into video a little bit more. There's a huge audience that doesn't listen to podcasts, that does watch videos, and they're just as hungry for this kind of content, and it's not there. I've looked, and it's not there. Uh, At least this particular niche still hasn't been covered. So I think it's wide open space for, for video. Uh, especially for podcasters who want to look into getting into the video cast side of things. Um, so I'm considering that pretty, pretty strongly. I did a little bit of it last year, but it was mostly kind of like I, I played around with some Reddit live streams and that kind of thing. And that didn't go super well. So I kind of stopped it. It was a little experiment. Stop that experiment. I think I'm going to try something a little bit more intentional this year. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we started doing, um, you know, putting these episodes, uh, up on YouTube, um, with the recordings and, uh, it, it's just, a, it's a completely different audience. You know, it's not like you're canalizing the same it's they're on, for example, they're on YouTube and they're never probably, unless they think the podcast is super interesting. They're never going to like Apple podcasts or something like that. Uh, okay. So this is, uh, the end of the episode and it's usually, I ask everyone, uh, two questions, um, First is, uh, who comes to mind, if anyone, um, who, you know, you think is doing a good job out there, but could probably use a little bit more attention. Um, and the second part is just like anything you want to plug. Sure. Uh, okay. So the, the person that comes to mind most immediately, uh, even though he does, he has a pretty good community, a good following is Michael Chan. Uh, he was was is the host of react podcast but it's about so much more than react and i think that there's a lot of people who have kind of maybe encountered michael in the past that they kind of cataloged him in their mind as the react guy but he is now you know talks about all kinds of things has a great community on discord uh so highly recommend uh michael fantastic pretty much everywhere uh, if you want to find him that way, mm. um, definitely recommend it. Yeah. He was, uh, a guest on, on pod rocket. He and I, uh, chatted and, um, had a good time. He had, he had a much nicer setup than I have, uh, which I was like, I, <laughs> yeah. I was jealous about. Um, he's also a good Twitter follow, but, um, yeah. 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 I, I like agree. Michael. Oh, and if you need any grilling tips, He's very good at really? grilling tips. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. And somehow he's it didn't a, come up. I don't think kind of a griddle type grill. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's very, very good at the, at making me jealous of his, of his grilling, uh, skills. So I, I'm going to take you up on that and ask him questions. Um, 
Okay. So if people want to find out more about you or uh, more about the stuff you're working on, where should they sure. go? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at developer T. My personal Twitter is at Jake trail, uh, developer T.com. Um, you can find the podcast. I'm sure there's like 10 other ways you can find the podcast, um, yeah. uh, in whatever pie catcher of your choice. Um, and then, yeah, I would say, uh, the thing I would like to plug more than that though, is probably, oh man, pick a good charity. <laughs> it's, it's the time of year to do this, uh, this kind of thing. And, um, you know, before you give me a click, I would ask to think about, you know, a, a charity of your choice. Uh, maybe, maybe here's a meta, a meta charity thing. Go to charity navigator. If you've never been to this, it's a really useful thing. You can share it with your family and friends as well. Uh, charity navigator kind of ranks different charity organizations, uh, on various dimensions, things like, um, uh, uh, you know, transparency and that kind of stuff. Um, and you can find charities that align with the causes that you care about and give to those charities based on who has the best use of that money essentially. So uh, it'll help your money go a little bit further. Yeah. Really good advice. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. Find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at Log Rocket.